Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, we look at education in the Garden of Eden for Sabbath, October 3rd. Let's explore together how Adam and Eve were created to learn from the Creator. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast. And this week we're looking at lesson one of our new quarter, Education in the Garden of Eden. And it starts off with a memory text that's found in the book of Job, chapter 36, verse 22, in the New King James Version. It says, Behold, God is exalted by his power, who teaches like him. I guess you should say more so, who teaches like him? Uh, no one does, right? That's the short answer. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a great way to start off uh, a new quarter um, focused on God as our teacher. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I love the quote that he brings out of there from uh, the book Education, page 20, talking about the system of education was instituted from the beginning of the world, but it goes on and finishes saying that the creator himself was the instructor and still is the instructor, if we'll listen. Yeah, it's interesting. We're covering in our biblical theology class um, the image of God going back to creation right here is such a, a beautiful example of God. Uh, who makes man and, and, and woman, uh, Adam and Eve, uh, in God's image, but clearly all the way back to the Garden of Eden, that image, or the Imagio Dei, is sometimes that, that image of God is, uh, it's, it's a curiosity and a love for learning that, that there's this innate desire within each of us that God created us to want to learn. Amen. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and we need to well, the only thing wrong with that is if we don't actually fill ourselves up with the knowledge that God wants us to have. Exactly, exactly. So tell us a little bit about the first school, Michael, there in Sunday's lesson. Yeah, a great description in Genesis chapter 2, um, describing what this actually looked like. And, and coming back to this Imagio Dei, the image of God, that that God takes and uh, forms man from the dust of the ground and breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. So here's the first real human being, God. Um, and, and, and this is significant because as human beings, we have value because God made us. We're special and have value um, innately uh, thanks to our Creator. And it, it's a curious thing, I was just mentioning our, our theology class, um, one of the interesting things is that in Christian history over the last 2,000 year, years, there's been more written on the first two, three chapters of Genesis than on any other portion of the Bible. Wow. Or none. Wow. And, and, and that just goes to show how important the creation is, our origins, where we came from. You, you know, so it's, 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 I was going to say it's important that you share that because uh, recently I've read some, pe- uh, some papers from students and they're having a hard time uh, melding together the concept of evolution and uh, creationism. And it's because you can't. Uh, and so the fact that the Christian world is, is focusing in on this is because we need to have faith and we need to believe here uh, the instruction that God is giving us. Exactly. We have the written word for us to describe. Uh, and, you know, Genesis is less about, you know, how the physical world 
uh, happened, although God, I believe with all my heart God created it, but it's more about how God gave purpose. Yes, um, yes. You. Yeah, it, 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 it deals more with the why than just the how, right? Exactly. And, and, and I don't dispute that there's, you know, uh, different changes that have happened over time. Um, but the, the real crux of the matter between evolution and creation um, is one of divine purpose. Did God create this uh, with a plan, with a purpose in mind? Or is everything just kind of happenstance and random chance that happens to collide together and, and we get lucky? And, um, and that's what I really find value in this story. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there, Michael. Well, uh, as we go through Genesis chapter 2, not only does God create and give purpose here, but what I love is this description. Um, well, actually, I start in verse 15. It says that God placed man, and when we're talking about man, we're talking about collectively, so this humanity, right? Yes. Uh, and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to care um, of it. And, and I find that interesting because part of our education is physical labor, and it's being stewards of the environment around us. So here we have right at the very beginning, core part of our education is looking at the world and, and taking care of it. We have we have a responsibility. You know, uh, I, I like this aspect because I was recently, I was reading earlier this week in Gospel Workers, how Sister White's sharing with us that when we go do visitations, we're not supposed to just there intellectually engage the people, but we're supposed to actually get out and physically do something with them to show that we're worth our weight, right? But also saying that something happens for the minister who actively is active. <laughs> and so we see here that part of the education is that God didn't create us to be sedentary. He created us to be physically active as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we see not only are they active, are they good stewards, we see the world around them. They're giving names to the different animals. Uh, and of course, uh, there's there's also this other aspect that he's lonely and uh, and and this is I think actually really key because um, verse 21 says he put man that's Adam into a deep sleep and then takes one of his ribs and closes it up and then verse 22 then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of man and brought her to the man and said this is now bone of my bones flesh of my flesh she shall be good called woman for she was taken out of man and i think there's two things that are really really crucial and the image of god as god created uh here at the very beginning mm -hmm. uh, equality between husband wife between man and woman uh, that was clearly intended and this is in the setting of learning of education so that uh education takes best is at its best when it's in community uh, when we learn together and and god created here a helpmate so that Adam and Eve could both learn from him. You, you know, uh, I shared that with uh, someone before and they said, well, that was before the fall. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I continued to share with them. It's like, well, you know what? There's a lot of things that were before the fall, but that, that has never changed God's ideal for us. Right. And so we're called yeah. to go back to that ideal as much as possible to go back towards God. And we never see where God uh, it says that woman is less than man afterwards. That's a construct that man, mankind came up with after the fall, right? So uh, yeah. defeat their own purpose in their in their in their argument. Yeah, I just it's, I scratch my head on that one because uh, I just don't see how there's any other way than that that if God, this was God's purpose, wouldn't we want to strive for God's kingdom 
as much as possible, even despite our limitations, shouldn't that be what we we strive for uh, as Christians? You know, you're you're talking about striving and and growing <laughs> there, and and it, uh, you know, it's like it's a perfect segue into Monday's lesson, which is talking about intrusion, right? <laughs> How do we get messed up? <laughs> exactly, because that's exactly what happened in, in Genesis three one through six. And Michael, this ties in with your lesson on Tuesday, missing the message as well. So I'm going to read um, yeah. one through six for us, New King James Version. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of the tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit that is the, that is of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it. You shall not touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and was a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and all, and she also gave to her husband with her and he ate. And we see here this question that's proposed to us. What do you notice about the information that the serpent offers Eve? And what do you notice about how Eve then regards the tree of knowledge of good and evil? And you see here, this the little trap there where she adds a little bit to it and he completely just uh, uh, goes by the point of what God has intended. You shall not surely die. <laughs> uh, in, in essence, in, in ways he was right, but that's, that's how it is the enemy. He is called the deceiver for a reason. He deceived Eve because she did eventually physically die and she also spiritually died in that moment. And then Eve, uh, adding there, she should not even touch it, right? I can imagine that they, they made this pact with each other, Adam and Eve, saying, we're not going to even touch it or anything like that. But we see here how just misinformation, not receiving the correct education that God has given us, uh, can lead us down the wrong path. Yeah. And, and this kind of is a nice segue also to Tuesday's lesson, which is building on the same idea that um, the serpent's trying to trick Eve, right? You, right. you won't certainly die. And um, and then it says, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And and here's the thing is that, you know, in education, as you learn and grow through life experience, uh, I can certainly think of a number of different examples of things I wish I didn't know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And we look back and say, you know, what in the world? If I had only, I wish I'd paid attention and uh, I would have just as soon uh, not experience that, not maybe not watch that movie or whatever, you know, that that was just not something that I really um, found to be really helpful in my own experience. And um, and I think that's sort of what's happening here in the Garden of Eden. God says, you know, I know it's best for you. I know what's going to ensure your happiness. Um, and there's this trust relationship. And I'm just, uh, as that covenant, I, I'm, you know, I'm asking you not to do this. And yeah. And uh, that disobedience brought in a whole world of woe that um, they had no idea and only but the deepest regret afterwards. You know, Michael, I'm going to park there just for a second because you you mentioned a concept that might be foreign to a lot of us, which is we're in the midst of something. We see something that's not uplifting for us. It's not growing us. Sometimes it's a time, a waste of time, right? Yeah. We actually have the the option to actually do an about face, right? So Eve, yeah. she could have stopped conversing with the enemy and she could have just said, this conversation's over. She could have walked away, which oftentimes is the 
best way uh, to to stop where we are, to do an about face, which is actually the definition of repentance, right? To do an about face and actually walk back towards what we're supposed to be doing. And we each have that opportunity, right? I mean, we're, you know, wherever we may be in our life, um, God's giving that opportunity to us right now to say, hey, um, I want your attention and it's not too late here. Whatever aspect of, of your life that the Holy Spirit may be speaking to you or to me or whoever, you know, that that um, now is the now is the day of salvation, as the Bible says, you know. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, as, we're, well, as we're, I was going to say, as we're speaking about the enemy and everything he's saying and all these different things, I, I'm glad that the author this quarter, which is, I believe, Gordon Beats. Am I correct about that, uh, Michael? Yeah, that's right. Well, it, 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 like uh, Cliff Goldstein, when we interviewed him, <laughs> there's a whole committee in process. But yes, he's, there is. He's the one that started, the, was the primary contributor. <laughs> he, he's the one that got the, the, the wheel rolling, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so the primary contributor goes into regaining what was lost. So he doesn't leave us there with the enemy. Uh, and mm-hmm. it leads us into Second Peter, uh, verses one through, uh, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. And as I'm going there now... Uh, as I was looking at this earlier, it's talking about confirming your calling and election. And I'm going to start up here at verse 5. It says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love, right? So you see this progression of growth that we find in Jesus Christ and And then here towards the end, uh, we find in verse 10, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we see here the option to regain what we lost by essentially, uh, I think it's number 11, or, or is it, yeah, it's number 11 in our uh, uh, fundamental beliefs, growing in Christ, grow in Christ, continue to grow in him, continue to go back to the original educator and learn from God. I, I like this because if, if that's part of education, that in the Garden of Eden, God created in us this desire to learn, part of our Christian education is, do I dare say, redemptive education? Ooh, <laughs> there goes the theologian. <laughs> no, it, it's it's so it's so true. Like we need that. Um, and there's a lot of yeah. people are in church that have been in church all their lives, but they have no idea that even the definition of being redeemed. But that's what that's what this is all about. Uh, even before the foundation of the earth, God set in place a way to save as many people who wanted to be saved. Yeah, and, and I think if if there is like a aspect of redemptive education god wants us to experience salvation and and true education and it's and it's all that god designed for us is to lead us back to him amen then that means there also is the education that we don't want Ooh, ooh. so i think go ahead no i was gonna say your your thursday's lesson gets uh right into that am i correct yeah i'm totally heading there so uh, despisers of authority uh, in Second Peter chapter two, so just scooting over a page from where you just were in chapter one. Um, so if there's a true, there's a false, and I'm not going to read this whole passage, but the first three verses are kind of key here, uh, and they they kind of the same gist of the rest of the chapter. 
It says that there were also false prophets among the people, just as there are false teachers among you. Mm. And they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the, the sovereign Lord who brought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. And their, in their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories, and their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. In other words, they're going to be destroyed eventually. God's going to destroy them. Mm. Um, so we have the true, and we are warned against another kind of education that is to our destruction. You know, uh, we're looking at a similar um, notion earlier, uh, talking about people who add to others and people who subtract to others. And so a student asked, is it possible to be neutral, to not add to anyone or subtract from anyone? And I'm bringing that same notion here. Is it possible to to not be in complete darkness, to not be a, a, a good a student? Or is it is it possible to not be a good teacher either or a good learner, right? And the truth of the matter is, no, if we're not growing in Christ, we're regressing in Christ. Or, you know, or, or we're regressing it to the world, I should say. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's really what I think um, Adventist education is all about. You know, this week we've also been in my Adventist history class going over the history of Adventist education. Um, our earliest pioneers, they, they weren't sure that time would last long enough to have schools. Yeah. Let alone even get married and have children. You know, James White famously wrote in the review, you know, that those who get married you know, or denying Christ's soon return. And uh, about six months later, you know, he and Ellen White get, get hitched. <laughs> <laughs> and as time goes on, they realize that, you know, maybe there's something more. God has a broader plan in, in the patience of the saints, and, and as, as there's opportunity to be able to share the gospel, the everlasting gospel of the world, that there is yet a purpose for education. And education is not just simply... Um, Putting facts out there, uh, I, I talked to a teacher one time, said, well, Adventist schools are the same as any other school, and I, I was horrified at Oof. that thought, you know. No way. Um, it, we're not the same as any other school. It's not just the facts. It's not just the book knowledge and academics, although that's important. Yes, it is. But what makes the difference is that this education has a focus, a purpose uh, in line here with what we're talking about in Scripture. So. Um, is it possible for someone else to have a saving relationship with Christ and go to a public school? Well, sure, but, oh, yeah, but when you have this opportunity to have your child be able to have this connection, um, to me, that just makes Adventist education. Once you see that, you start to say, well, actually, this is priceless. Yeah, and you know, Michael, to summarize all that, which is at our Adventist schools, you have a chance of holistic education. Uh, mm. We're not just focused on the education. We're not just focused in on the physical. We're not just fo we're focused on all of it because that's what God focuses in on us. The Word of God, uh, the Bible itself, is is interested in every aspect of our lives to help train us to live better lives. And that's what we're doing here at Southwestern Adventist University, training our students not just how to be good educators or receive good education, but training their entire lives of how to follow God in every aspect. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're not shy about that, because I think we're both just kind of a little bit biased, but uh, just a little bit. so, <laughs> uh, you know, Southwestern is a place to be, you know, where young people uh, can can fall in love with Jesus and grow spiritually. And I love that. It makes me every day when I come on campus, I feel, you know, I have to almost pinch myself sometimes. What a privilege to be able to be a part of something that is is 
uh, headed with that that bigger perspective in, in mind. You, you know what? And I have to throw this caveat as well, Michael. You know, uh, in the past, we've looked at other uh, schools as our competition. You know what? We, uh, you and I have talked about this before as well. I believe all of our Adventist colleges, all of our Adventist institutions were pushing and pulling for the same thing, which is growing in Christ. You know, uh, we all have this aspect of faith, uh, service, and, and, and we have those aspects of following God. And so please, parents out there, students out there, remember to support Adventist education. Absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right. Um, we're a little biased about Southwestern. Anywhere <laughs> you can go to uh, to obtain and, and benefit from that is synergistic and and will be life uh, changing. You know, I, I I'll just have to throw this out there because I love data. If you have a chance to look at Value Genesis, oh yeah, and, and it's still very valuable of looking at what happens when our Adventist students uh, actually go to public universities or go to public schools. The, the likelihood of them staying in the faith just fades, right? Now, like we said, it's not, mm-hmm. not, we're not saying it's impossible. We're just saying that the probability is, is much stronger that they will leave the church if they're not uh, in Adventist education. Wow. Wow. Well, that just makes Adventist education, I know it's not cheap, but it just makes it sound all the more worthwhile. Amen. Amen. Well, I think, uh, you know, as we look at it, uh, as we start a new quarter, uh, you know, what a what a great opportunity that we have to uh, reflect back. And, and I can't think of a better place to start than this first week uh, going back to the Garden of Eden. And uh, so with that, uh, I think we'll put a wrap for another week. Amen. All right. And uh, please out there, uh, continue to uh, grow with us as we're looking at education and go back to your original roots of education and find out, is there something more? And the answer is yes, that God is wanting to teach you this week. Make sure you meet with your, your maker today. All right. Well, this is Sue. And Swoops, signing out. Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.